Thanks for connecting with us. If God's using this ministry to bless you in any way, we would love to know about it. Send us an email to mystory@citylightsac.org. Today's message is from our series, The Struggle is Real. Prepare your heart to hear a word from God. If you will, remain standing. Do you feel the Spirit of the Lord in this place, or is it just me? Amen. This morning, we're in the last part of our series, The Struggle is Real, and I want to just set something up for you. I'm going to read some scripture, and you can be seated. I have taught on this scripture. I can't count how many times, and surely you think, Pastor, there's over 30,000 verses. You can come up with something else, but I'm telling you, the Lord led me right to it, and he showed me something new. Have you ever read something one time, and then you read it again, and God showed you something new? I'm just so, I'm so thankful that it is the living word. This is John chapter 5, verse 1. It says, after this, a Jewish festival took place. Jesus has been traveling and he's been teaching. And it says that Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Continue, please. By the sheep gate in Jerusalem, there's a pool called Bethsaida in Hebrew, which has five colonnades. Within these lay a multitude of the sick, blind, lame, and paralyzed. I want you, don't miss this. Waiting for the moving of the water. Because an angel would go down into the pool from time to time and stir up the water. The first one who got in after the water was stirred up, recovered from whatever element he had. One man, one man was there who had been sick for 38 years. Hold me here. What I love about this is that it says there's a multitude, so we can assume a lot, maybe tens, maybe hundreds, but the Bible speaks about one man. I don't know about you, but I'm glad this morning that in the multitude that God sees the one. He sees the one. When Jesus saw him, I love this too, man, I could preach before I even start preaching, if that's okay. When Jesus saw him, I mean, listen, you don't see Jesus in your sickness without him first speaking to your heart. Jesus saw him lying there. And listen, and he knew. He knew. He had already been there a long time. See, what's amazing to me about our our times with with Christ is we're sometimes fearful to come to him with our burdens and our problems and our shame and our guilt and our regret and remorse, but he already knows. He already knows. He knew he'd been there a long time, and he asked him this. He said, do you want to get well? I know and believe in my heart that Jesus is asking that this morning. Sir, the sick man answered, I don't have a man to put me into the pool when the water is stirred up. But while I'm coming, someone goes down ahead of me just for the next little bit. I want to talk to you about this idea that I would if I could. I would if I could. Will you pray with me? Father, again, we thank you for this opportunity to gather into the name of Jesus. We thank you for what you're doing here in our young ministry. We thank you for this time of worship, and we are expecting of your word. I pray that you would anoint the words that come from my mouth, that you may be honored, that you may be glorified, God, that we may find some comfort, yet be challenged at the same time. It's in the mighty name of Jesus we pray, we believe, we ask these things, and we are expecting. Amen. Amen, church. You may be seated. You may be seated. So this series we've been in, The Struggle is Real. I have personally enjoyed it because it stretched me. I think that God has been speaking it um, just some, some really new thoughts to me, some thoughts of uh, disrupting my complacency and reminding me of my calling. Um, it seems to never fail um, at my house that when I'm tired or when I've just got home from a long day, there's a couple things that are going on. It's almost inevitable um, that when I get home, I sit down on the couch, 
my daughter, I'm telling you, as soon as I sit down on the couch, she's going to ask me for something. Or this is what I really love. When my wife cooks dinner, we'll sit down, and my wife will spend a lot of time making it. We'll all sit down around the table, and then my daughter will be like, can you get me something to drink? And I'm like, could you not ask that five minutes ago when I was sitting in the kitchen? But I normally answer like this. I would if I could, but I can't. I just sit down to eat. I'm sorry. Or sometimes my wife, she'll get into these cleaning modes where it's like the whole house has to be clean. We're like, we're just cleaning it. We're cleaning it. And she's like, I want you to help me. And I'd be like, I would if I could, but I mean, I'm laying down here. I'm resting. I would if I could, but I can't. And I think a lot of times we, we use this, this excuse, I would if I could, as a way to say, no, nah, I really don't feel like it, or I don't believe that I can. I want to ask you a question just by a show of hands. Let's, call it, let's all bring some equality in here and some unity. Not necessarily with cleaning your house, but are there people in here you wish in your life you could be doing more? More for Christ, more at work, more in relationships, more for your kids, more for friendships? Yeah. We always wish that we could do more. A lot of times it's we want to volunteer at church, or we want to, we want to uh, be able to you know, go for that promotion at work, or we want to take that next step in relationship, or we want to take that next step with Christ. And how many of you can relate to this thought that I would if I could? Like, I would share my faith if I could. I'm just not good at it. Or I would go for that promotion, but I'm just not smart enough. I would if I could, but I don't think that I can. And I think a lot of times, we, we spoke about this last week, I think that we use this um, God's sovereignty, His, His power, as an excuse for our, our laziness or our mediocrity. And what I want to, to challenge you with this morning, I know that there's this struggle out there that we wish we could do more, but I think God has a really strong, powerful word for all of us in here that we'll see that we can do more. And we're going to just really debunk this, I would if I could, I would if I could. I want to go back to some scripture just for a moment. Uh, I want to go back to verse 2 and, and 3. It says, By the sheep gate in Jerusalem there is a pool. It's called Bethsaida in Hebrew, which has, don't miss this, has five colonnades. Within these lay a large number of the sick. There's blind, lame, and paralyzed. They're waiting for the moving of the water. Now I want to skip to verse 5. Hang with me. One man, one man was there who had been sick for 38 years. Have you ever, have you ever felt like maybe there's people going on, or there's things going on around you, that, and they're more deserving of God's grace? Have you ever, like, sometimes we feel guilty to ask for forgiveness, maybe because we've done it so many times, or maybe, see, there's two sides of the coin here. We understand that people have it worse than us, and so that often makes us thankful. But oftentimes there's people who have it worse than us, and we feel like they're more deserving. Or how could I go back and ask for this when there's people out there that are hurting this way? And around this sheep gate, there were a lot of sick people, but verse 5 right here is pretty amazing. It says, one man was there who had been sick. It does not say he had been there for 38 years, but he had been sick for 38 years. And this is a little interesting if you're into biblical numerology. And this could be one of those like doo-doo-doo-doo weird moments for you. But in biblical numerology, five means grace. Okay? We're reading from John chapter 5 about a man who's laying by a pool with five colonnades. And in verse 5, we read about one man. I can tell you this. It's not a coincidence. It's not a coincidence. Not that scripture, but the very next thing. For the place you are, God has the grace you need. Do you believe that? For the place that you're at right now, God has the grace you need? We found this one man who'd been sitting uh, sick for 38 years, and, we, and really God only knows how long he'd been there. Jesus said he knew that he'd been there a long time. 
but he was at the right place to receive the grace he needed. And I believe this is one reason I think that coming to church is so important, no matter where you worship, particularly if you worship here, um, is that there are times in our lives where God is going to position us in the perfect place to receive his provision. And here we found this man in a place that he needed grace the most, and it came by that Jesus was walking by that place that day. And I don't know if you believe this, but something happens when we gather corporately. Some people, you may have said it, you probably know people that say it, uh, I don't have to go to church to worship Jesus. You ever heard that? Well, that's absolutely true if you're defining church as a building. You, you don't have to go to a building. But what, is, what else I've learned is that if you do love Jesus, you will want to gather corporately. Or you, you've heard people say things like this, I love Jesus, but I just don't like his church. Or I love Jesus, but I just don't like his Christians. And I think there's a lot of truth to that because we, uh, we are so quick to ask for grace, but we are so quick to not extend it to other people. What we want the most, we often will extend the least to people. And what happens when we gather in this place of worship is, this is a big kind of, it's a big, big, like 75 cent word. It, there's a manifestation of God's spirit that happens here. Not that you can't drive down the road and listen to the songs we sing and worship them, but something happens when believers gather together, and it provides a place for God to do something that otherwise you may not experience. Not that God can't do it out of here, but there's something you see from the Old Testament to the New Testament about the people gathering together. And listen, I want you to be aware and make sure you understand this. I've come to build you up this morning. In this building lay a large number of lame, sick, hurting, depressed, addicted, struggling, sad, angry people. And listen, you are at the place right now to receive the grace that you need. Not because of the location, because you've gathered together with God's people. And that's why I believe it's so important, so important, that when God prompts us to go, that we go. Here this man, he was at the exact place he needed to be to receive the grace he needs. And so what I want to do is just kind of flip this script on a physical location, and I want to just ask you this diagnostic question mentally. Are, is your mind even open and prepared to receive the grace that you need from God? Are you allowing yourself to hear from Him, or are you constantly speaking to Him? It's because the place is not always a physical location. Sometimes it's a mental uh, mindset. God's grace is what redeems our past. It's what restores us. It's what connects us to the future. It's what gives us the ability to get up and move on. Look at verse 6. Can you take me back to, to verse 6? It says, When Jesus saw him lying there and knew he had already been there a long time. I don't know why, but I feel so precious to tell you this. And I think that many of you probably know it, but let me be the one to remind you that God knows all things. He knows all things about you. He knows your struggles. He knows your, ha your habits. He knows your hurts. He knows your hangups. And for some reason, uh, we get in our mindset that, um, that maybe God doesn't know those things or we feel like if we come to him and we share these things, that it's going to be a surprise to him. And that couldn't be any further from the truth. Can you think of someone in your life? For me, it's my wife, for sure. For me, it's my wife that no matter what I'm going through, I can come and tell her and know that I'm not going to be judged out loud at least or she's not going to think I'm so crazy that she'll leave me. She may think that I'm crazy, but she won't leave me. And really, um, what I have in here from her on earth, honestly, and I love my wife dearly, can't compare to what I have to my Father in heaven. 
That's not even her fault. It's just our sinful nature. And you can have people here that love you and that are compassionate for you. But it says the Father, He saw Him, so God sees you and your sickness. Sometimes, listen, when we're down, when we're depressed, when we're oppressed, whatever it is, when we're feeling alone, when we're feeling overwhelmed at work, when we're feeling insecure, when we're feeling like we're all alone, I just wanted to remind somebody under the sound of my voice this morning that God sees you there. Take heart. He sees you. God saw him lying there, and listen, and he knew he had already been there. And I love this question. Man, this has been asked a thousand times And I want to say this too, just for those who are really churchy and smart out here. Theologically, there's about a thousand different ways I could take this message, but I'm not going to take it that way. So if I don't say what you think you know, doesn't mean that I don't know it. I'm just taking it a certain way that God's speaking to me. And he knew he had already been there a long time. And he said to him, he said, do you want to get well? And I know this, I believe this with all my heart, that constantly Jesus is passing us by because we are in the place where we need uh, to experience him the most. We are in the place where grace is most prevalent. Uh, prevalent, and he is walking by this morning. Now, he may not be literally walking by this aisle, but his spirit is amongst us. I asked you if you felt the spirit, and you said yes. So I don't know if you meant that or if you just said it because it seemed like the right thing to say, but God is here this morning, and he's asking you, do you want to get well? How many people do you know that do not want to get well? You know them. They're Debbie Downers. They love being stuck in misery. They'll never do anything to get out of it. And we've, we've kind of, there's just been this theme and this, the struggle is real. Like, I mean, sometimes I want to get well, but I don't know what to do. And then there's other people that God's asking, do you want to get well? And the answer is no. The answer is no, they don't. They want to keep stirring in this misery. They want to keep laying by the pool with the sick, the lame, and the blind. And he's asking you this morning, do you want to get well? Do you want to get well? Listen to verse 7. He basically says, I would if I could. I would get well if I could. Sir, the sick man answered, I don't have a man to put me into the pool when the water is stirred up. I mean, I would if I could, Jesus. I would if I could. But while I'm coming, someone goes down ahead of me. And so basically Jesus says, hey, do you want to get well? And this man's like, what if I could? But what do I do? And so... Really what I think is happening here, what I think happens to us a lot is it's not that you can't, it's that you won't. It's not that you can't, it's that you won't. Am I talking to anybody in here? Because at first I felt like you were with me, now I only see about four or five of you with me, so I'm not sure if, if maybe I'm stepping on your toes or you've just, you just lost it. But listen, aren't Christians good at doing this right here, making excuses? We are great at this. We have nailed making excuses. And I've heard this and you have too, and it's, man, it's so true. You can make excuses... Or you can make a difference, but you cannot do both. You cannot do both. You cannot sit in your misery and dream of your future. You cannot dream of your future, but act on your present. And so I really believe that what is happening with this man, what's happening with you, it's not that you can't, it's that you won't. It's not that you can't, it's that you won't. There have been numerous times in my life where I have thought that I couldn't do this or I couldn't do that. And what I realized is like 99% of the time, I wasn't even really trying. And don't we believe, don't we believe a lot of times the, the, the lie of the enemy that we can't do that? And you can't get that job. You can't go back to school. You can't serve at church. You definitely can't afford to give. And you can't share your faith. You're a hypocrite. 
What right do you have telling someone about Jesus when you're following me, the devil? And so we believe this lie that we can't, and man, the struggle is real. Because a lot of times when we say that we can't, it makes us stay where we are. And it kills us. I've been saying this, and I don't know if this is the Lord speaking to me, but it's the complacency kills our calling. When we stay complacent, we can't move forward, and we believe this lie that, no, you can't. Your marriage is not going to get, you can't, can't. it's not going to get better. Your kids are always going to be crazy. You're always going to be alone. You're never going to find love again. You're never going to make more money. You're never going to make a difference, so you might as well just go through life being quiet and comfortable. And I believe that Jesus is walking by. He's saying, do you want to get well? And I'm, I'm, what I'm trying to challenge you this morning is don't be like the sick man who said, I would if I could. I would if I could. Because it's not that you can't, it's that you won't. And I'm not sure what happens to Christians. It's happened to me. Um, I'm sure that it's happened to you. When we first come to Jesus, what I mean is we, we pray that prayer, we commit our lives to following Him. Man, we're so on fire, right? We're so on fire. And I've shared this with you, too. I think religion gets in the way. But at the beginning, like, you don't know you're supposed to read your Bible every day. You don't know that you're supposed to, you can only pray a certain way. You don't know a lot of things, except you just know that you believe in Jesus and that he's made a difference. And so what you believe is, I can. I can. And listen, some of the, I, I love speaking with new Christians because a lot of times theologically, they are way off. They're way off. Now they're jacked up. But it's not my job to, to crush them. I let that spirit, spirit flourish in them. They'll come, and I believe this, and I believe that, and I'm like, dude, that's, that's great, but you're, you're wrong. But keep sharing your faith. You know, the Spirit will work that out for you. The Spirit will work that out for you because they believe they can. And then what happens over time is, man, the struggle becomes real because here's what happens. When you start off in Christ, your expectations... Let me say this. When you first come to Christ, you have capabilities and then you have standards, and they're equal. I'm capable of doing this. It's not a lot, but here's my standard. I don't know much, so they meet. But what happens over time is you learn, and listen, now this is applicable for your work, for your marriage, for your business, for whatever, but spe specifically for your walk with Christ. You have your capability, and then you have your standards, and they're equal. What happens over time is you begin to learn some things, right? You read the Bible and the Spirit shows you some things or you hear some good preaching at the 930 service on Sunday, or, amen, and God teaches you some things. And so your capabilities go up a little bit, right? Well, here's what happens is that it's not that your standards stay the same. Now they raise up, so I need a headphone mic. Bad. You have your capabilities that go up. Your standards, they begin to increase. And so what happens is you have this gap. Your capabilities often go up sometimes quicker than what your standards are. And so you have this, this gap in here that you're constantly trying to fill. And in this gap of learning but remaining the same, it's confusing, hang with me. In this gap, somewhere along the line, religion creeps in. And you begin to hear some things like, you can't talk like that. You can't post a picture of yourself drinking that. Alcohol on Facebook. I wouldn't encourage you to do that either way, but you know, you can't do you can't you know you can't do this you can't do that. And so you go from believing that I can, I man, I can make a difference. 
to this, this thing sets in you and it, it's debilitating and it crushes you. And over time, you go from believing I can to no, I can't. And listen, I'm just telling you what I believe to be the truth. The enemy will use that can in every area he can. Every, every capability of your life, every capacity of your life, he will use it. He will use it with you volunteering at the church. He will use it at your work. He will use it at your home. You better believe he'll use it at your home because here's the deal. If he can get you in your home, he can get you in your church. If he can get you at your home and your church, he'll definitely get you at your work. And you begin to believe this lie that, no, I can't do that. And here this man, I mean, I, you know, we understand in hindsight that it's Jesus Christ walking by, but he walks by the very place this man is. The grace comes walking by that day in the form of a man. And I don't know about you, but I'm glad that grace still comes walking by this day when we need it. And Jesus asked him, do you want to get well? And he says, basically, I would if I could. I would if I could. But Jesus is challenging us. It's not that you can't. It's that you won't. I had somebody ask me this one time. This is when I first really got into ministry. And they said, and you may have heard this, but for some reason it just stuck to me. They said, if you knew that Jesus was with you and you could not fail, because failure is relative, right? What would you do? I was in the parking lot of a church. Had just kind of expressed this desire to be, you know, in ministry. And they said, what would you do if Jesus was with you? And I think of that question, and it often brings me back to John chapter 5, of Jesus walking by that day saying, do you want to get well? And so what I begin to believe in Christ is, I'm learning that it's not that I can't 99% of the time, it's that I won't. I've got a, a daughter who will be five in January, and she might as well be 15, honestly, especially the past two weeks. Might as well be 15. And in our front yard, we live in the city. We've got a couple trees there. And uh, probably about, I don't know, a couple months ago, she really started getting into trying to climb trees. And I was for it. I was like, yes. Now, the trees aren't high. I mean, the, the, the branches, they're, they're, they're not that high at all. But I can remember when she first started trying to climb, she could kind of reach up and grab one of the branches and she would kind of pull herself up and she'd look over at me. And she started getting really frustrated the first couple times that she tried it. I can remember one time we were, we were standing outside. And so this would be kind of back in summer, maybe spring. She's getting frustrated. She can't climb. You know, she's getting to that spot to where she can, like, pull on the branch and kind of put her feet up. She's not strong enough to go all the way up. And she was like, Daddy, Daddy, help me get up on this tree. I can't do it. And I, I looked at her. I said, Harper, yes, you can. You've got to try a little bit harder. Now, some of you think, oh, it's a sweet story. She says, Daddy, and he helps her up, and she climbs to the top, and butterflies come by. That's what's wrong with America. You thought I was going to give her a trophy for trying, right? But I looked at her and I said, Harper, yes, you can. You've got to try a little bit harder. How many of you know when God pushes us is when we come to the best of who we are? If we, sometimes we just, some, I heard this, this such a good word the other day. A lot of us, we quit 10 minutes before we feel like it's, things are fixing to crash. But the flip side of that is you're, you're quitting 10 minutes before your breakthrough. And so I was telling her, Harper, it's not that you can't, you just won't try. 
You just won't try hard enough. It's not that you can't. It's that you won't. And I remember her saying, Daddy, what if I, what if I get up in this tree and I fall? And I said, Harper, I'm going to stand right here underneath this tree. I said, do you trust your daddy? She said, yeah. I said, if you fall, I'm going to catch you right here in my arms. I promise you. And I can make that promise because the branch was only about four feet high. I'm being spiritual, but let's not miss the practical aspects of this. And I really believe that's what God's doing this morning. He's saying, do you want to get well? And a lot of you, you would have answered coming in here, I would if I could. Man, the struggle is real, isn't it? And I think our Father, did you know, I've shared this with our church before, but in case you haven't heard this, when Jesus is on the cross and he, and he cries out, Abba, Father, did you know like the, the best, like I guess, translation or transliteration into English is he cried out, Daddy. I have a pastor friend of mine in Knoxville who when he prays, he starts out saying, Daddy. And it's weird, kind of. But he's there with the Father. So when Jesus was on the cross, he was really crying out, Daddy. Harper, she got, she finally got in the tree and she said, Daddy, what if I fall? I said, Harper, do you trust your daddy? She said, Daddy. So I'm going to catch you in my arms if you fall. I believe this morning Jesus is walking by and he's asking you, do you want to get well, Caitlin? Do you want to persevere? Kim, do you want to push through the things that have been holding you back? And you may be saying, I would if I could or I can't. And God's saying, no, it's you won't. Because you're afraid of falling, you're afraid of not getting what you need, or you're not you're afraid that you're gonna let somebody down, or you're afraid that you're gonna let your own self down. And, and, and the father's saying, Hey, do, do you trust your daddy? I'll, I'll catch you. Because you're right now, you're in the place, and my arms are the grace. Amen. John 5:8 as we close. Listen to what Jesus told him. He said, Get up. That's what I told her. I said, you got to get up. You got to try. You got to, you got to keep moving. How many of you know there's like this, this, it's just our sin nature that's against us in this world that if you sit down, you will not get back up on your own. You, you see it happen to people that go through hard times. Man, when you sit down, you're done. You got to get back up, man. I just, I've got time. I tell you this. So about six years ago, or excuse me, it's 2016. Sorry. So eight years ago, almost. I made no bones about my past. Um, a drug use and just sex, drugs, rock and roll. Use, I was a people user. I used people, places, and things to get what I want. And, and I went to this um, kind of like Christian discipleship recovery thing about uh, seven, eight years ago. And I'll never forget, there was this man there. He was an older man. And it's kind of hard to even describe, but the best way I could tell you is imagine if you're outside in this parking lot and these two glass doors were a little bit bigger and you could see everything in here. And I was outside with some guys, a guy named Trey, who I still, still speak with, Trey Mullins. And we're sitting outside and it's, it's spring, it's warm there in hot, hot springs, Arkansas. And we're, at, we're just from like here to the back of the room. And I hear a big boom, big thud, the boom. Turn around, and I look, and this man is falling, and he's on his knees. And where he's falling, he is fell and hit his head, and he's got blood dropping right here, it's just everywhere. And I'm like, kind of just sitting there, just amazed at what's happening. And, 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 he, and he looks up like this right here, and his eyes, he's not there. He's not there. And I'm, I've got cold chills all over me. I'll never forget this. This man was having a heart attack. And when he fell, it kind of knocked him unconscious. I mean, he had just blood gushing. I'm sorry to be graphic, but I need you to understand what I'm trying to get at here. 
and he got on his knees and, and, and he almost got up and I'll never forget it. Sadly, sadly, this man died right before our eyes, but I'll never forget it because he was on the ground and I swear to you, he kept trying to get up because how many of you know when you lay down, you never get back up. In his dying, don't miss this, in his dying moments, he kept trying to get up because he knew, I think something instinctively in him told him, Brian, I've got to get up. You ever see those videos or these stories, these movies of people and they get shot and they lay down and they start breathing deep and it's like, oh no, 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 no. Because you know if a man or woman lays down like that, it's bad, right? You know that they're hurt if they can't get up. And this man instinctively, maybe the power of the spirit in him, he kept trying to get up. And a lot of you this morning, you're saying, I would if I could. And God's saying, no, it's not that you can, it's that you won't. He's telling you to, to get up. He says, pick up your bedroll and walk. Verse 9. Instantly, the man got well. He picked up his mat and he started to walk. Notice it does not say instantly all his problems went away. Instantly that his confidence came back. It just says that instantly when he was obedient to what the Father spoke, he began moving in a direction that he wasn't right before then. Instantly, the man got well. What I love about this is Jesus said, do you want to get well? The man replies, I would if I could. But yet still in the Father's sovereignty, he helped the man get well. Aren't you glad that even in our excuses, aren't you glad that even in our excuses, God still extends the grace? Is anybody thankful for that? Instantly, the man got well, picked up his mat, and he started to walk. And man, the struggle is real when the Father's challenging us to get up, get up. How many of you know if you would just get up and try, you might see something you've never seen before? And so here's the thought that I want to leave you with today it's not revolutionary, it's simple. But I think it's profound. Because what does God do? We see things. He comes in our life. And then we begin to see through a new lens, right? There's things that we've always seen. But we see the, the breeze and the trees a little bit different, right? We see the ocean a little bit differently. We see newborn babies a little bit differently. We say, I would if I could. But Jesus says... You could if you would. Amen? You could if you would. If you would just step out. If you would just get up. If you would just take that step. Do you want to get well? If you would just take that first climb up that tree, you would see that your daddy is there. You could if you would. Because greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. And that means that I have so much potential in me that it's unimaginable. Probably one of the greatest scriptures in the world. Ephesians 3.20 says this. It says, now all glory. How much? All glory. How much? All. Now all glory to him who is able. To him who is able. Now all glory to God who is able. How many of you know that God is able? God is able. Listen, this, don't miss this. Through his mighty power, there's a couple things going on. It's God gets the glory. He's the one that's able through his mighty power at work within us. 
within us to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. Man, do not miss this. It's God's power at work within us because when you're in Christ, you have the ability to get up and get well. Listen, and what, what can we do? We can accomplish infinitely. I love that word. Infinitely more than we might ask or think. So what's he saying here? You walk around saying, I would if I could, but God's saying, no, you could if you would. I'd like to throw this mic back there right now, but I'm not because they're expensive. But I feel like that God is speaking to a group of people. I know that he's speaking to me and he's telling us, hey, you actually, you could if you would. And this is why, because it's my mighty power that's going to work within you. And in me, I'm able to accomplish infinitely more than you could ever imagine. I believe that some of us were just sitting on the potential of greatness, yet if we stay in our complacency, we will never experience it. And I know the struggle is real. The struggle is real. But God is asking this morning, do you want to get well? And stop answering, I would if I could. And you start declaring, God, I know that I can because I'm a child of the King, which makes me a co-heir to the throne. I'm robed in righteousness. And together, together as a church, we can accomplish infinitely more than we ever might think or imagine. Do you know that's what got us here because a group, a group of people years ago believed that we could gather in the name of Jesus and make a difference? We've been speaking about these next steps that we want to take as a church, and it's gonna take us together, together. But through his work within us, Brittany, we can accomplish more than we ever could imagine. We have yet to see the glory of God fall. We may see glimpses in our personal lives and in this church life. But if he's able to do infinitely, infinitely more than we ever could imagine or ask, then I want you to think about the things you have asked for and the goodness you've seen. And he says, I'm greater than that. Will you pray with me? Oh, Jesus. Sweet, sweet Jesus. May you receive the glory here this morning. From whatever that is, Lord, from our hearts crying out, asking for forgiveness, repentance, for those of us who have been complacent and we have always said, and we use it as an excuse to say, I would if I could, Lord, may we be challenged by your word that says, yes, we, we actually could if we would. And God, may we respond to the question you're asking us all. We want to get well. We want to find new love. We want to take further and greater steps for you. And we believe, God, we believe in your word that you can do infinitely more than we could ever ask or imagine. We believe that, and that is where our faith kicks in. And we know that when faith meets grace, miracles collide, explode, and come to life. And God, these past four weeks, we've dealt with things that we really believe caused the struggle to be real. And this morning, some of us may have heard the words that we can do more than we could ever imagine, that yes, we can, but we still may doubt. And so in the name of Jesus, Lord, remove all doubt, all fear, because you've not given us that. We don't have a spirit of fear, 
We pray that you just increase our confidence, Lord, that you increase our boldness, that we claim, God, we claim divine intervention over our lives. Holy Spirit, we welcome you to do in our lives what only you can do. And today we don't walk out here saying that we can't. We understand it's because we won't, but we believe in you. That if we just will, we can. Jesus, receive this prayer as a plea from your children. Do something in this room as we linger. To give us the peace, to give us the courage. Father, it's in your name. We believe, we expect that we move forward. Thanks for listening to today's message. We'd love to stay connected with you for the week. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram by searching at City Lights AC. Thanks again, and join us soon.